Hello, East Glenville Community Church. This is Jessica Munn, and I am here with Pastor Mitch for episode six of So, I Have a Question. Um, and this will be discussing the uh, ta- teaching that was given on Sunday, October 24th. Um, all right, so I will start us off. So, Mitch, I have a question. All right. Um, actually, did you want to... Well, I, I did want to ask you... Yeah. <laughs> so... So last week you you hit me in a couple different ways with an effectively, how do you actually do this mm-hmm. in practice? You know, given I, I kind of had made the case that it, how important reconciliation is and going to see people and but how do you how do you do it in especially when people are he, you know maybe they don't have this teaching so you're initiating and so what I want to ask you is what from this message spoke to that what what mm-hmm. from this um began to answer that question yeah i think just the the concept or the idea or the framework of taking the higher ground of like you know consciously making the decision to um look at a relationship from a different angle almost type mm-hmm. of thing or look at an argument or something like that and and especially the idea of that trigger point um because i think that everyone can resonate to the like Oh, I know I want to do this, but I know that's not going to end well. But in the moment, mm-hmm. we're like, forget it. Like, let's just pop the grenade and throw it. Um, and so I think that those two, those two concepts are framework of being like, te- reminding us like, hey, like, let's, let's pause it there before we throw a grenade and step back and like, kind of let the situation cool down a bit and take the higher ground. And okay. um, I think that was, that was super practical in a messy sort of relational like it's not a, a three-step plan, but uh, right. So in the given moment, you still have to have the mental step to to know. Wait a second, this is going a bad direction. Yeah. How how do I how do I get to higher ground from here? Right. But um, and and truth be told, other times it's it's you 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 do throw the grenade, but then you step back later and try to right. And that part of the message is is, is you can. You know, you can seek forgiveness and offer forgiveness. Yep. All right, good. I'm glad I at least starting to answer that question. And <laughs> we're going to get some more stuff. I hope we keep getting little practical parts. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I, I have a question, or I have a thought, really. Um, so you talked about this idea of relational debt, mm. of how, like, we, you know, when we get into conflicts and things like that, we are relationally in debt to each other. And, uh, and, you know, the phrases of the, like, oh, you will pay for this. I was like, yep, no, that, yeah, <laughs> definitely have seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it made me think, so a definition for the term righteousness that I've heard is being in right relationship with each other. Okay. And so my brain was kind of like, oh, those seem, those concepts seem kind of similar. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a bit. Yeah, it's, um, if you are if you're trying to be in right relationship to someone, you have to pay back the debts Mm -hmm. or at least they have to forgive you of any of the debts. And so if, you know, as Jesus says, if you remember your brother has something against you, that's likely because you're not in, then you're not in right relationship because you feel, he feels like you, you owe for whatever you did. Mm -hmm. You got to find some way to, to, set that right again if you want the relationship to be right. Um, and so 
And that that's where if it was just up to us human to human, we could never set it right because we would always find, well, you owe me this and I owe you this and you owe me this is your fault. And you'd you'd mm-hmm. be constantly negotiating. The only way human these human relational debts is if an outside source comes in in a sense dumps huge relational um grace or, grace yeah. to to pay off the debts and once you do that it changes everything mm-hmm. yeah and my picture so i i used to a movie or a, a current tv show that's kind of kind of intense and violent <laughs> i caught a few people i think were surprised by that but um it just stood out to me as a picture of an a scene where no one is showing grace mm-hmm. to one another and and the reason is, is they're also focused on what they owe. Yeah. Um, and financially, that they're in it for themselves. I, I wondered if you had a a similar but maybe different kind of a picture mm-hmm. in either books or movies or just life. How would you picture like a life where there where there's no grace? Yeah. Yeah. So I think. The picture that kind of comes to my mind is actually thinking through like differences in college cultures. Uh Um, And so I specifically went to a college where there was not a high competitive atmosphere. And so there was a because of that, there was a lot of like collaboration, working together, helping each other out. But I've heard stories where if it's a super competitive competitive uh culture at a college Mm. you'll hear stories of things like academic sabotage where people will you know do things like they'll they find somebody's notes sitting around because they just like left briefly to go get something and they'll steal it or like you know trash it um and things things like that which i don't i haven't necessarily i can't necessarily say i know of like personal stories or like things Uh like that but i have heard of that happening and so just that that culture of the like I will do whatever it to I will do whatever it takes to whoever comes in my way to get ahead. Right. Even if it means completely ruining their chances of success. And the only way to get up is to push someone down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's how the environment kind of gets created. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of like the one example cuz like you don't you don't care about relational debt there in that scenario. You're just like whatever it takes like as long as i can get ahead i can uh-huh. justify anything that i'm doing yeah so hmm. okay yeah um okay so i have another question um okay so what does it look like and this might be just some stories or something um what might it look like to take the higher ground in an argument if it's kind of more one-sided um, if it's not like somebody's willing to go back and forth with you, um, or even if somebody, like, if you never see that person again type of thing. Um, sometimes, yeah, I can think of different examples. The one that comes to mind is, is almost just stepping out of the conversation. If you see they they have a point and they're they're not going to give on that mm-hmm. um it could be as simple as i see this as something really important to you mm-hmm. and um you know i i may never see that that same way 
but I, you know, almost trying to acknowledge, you know, I could tell you really care about this issue Mm -hmm. and trying to find a positive aspect, even in, in your disagreement, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I wonder you, you have such compassion on this aspect of the issue for these people. And, um, I mean, that's an offhand example of, of trying to find even a, a positive rather than continuing an argument that's just going to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, the other example simply is the, the logbook story that, that he chose to just release his rights to it and, and say, you know what? The relationship is more important than the logbook. And he's, he's not going to give cause he doesn't know the Lord. His brother, um, the guy who, the speaker who's telling the story, his brother wasn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. So he was just going to choose to give it to him. Mm-hmm. And of course it spurred, spurred yeah. grace coming back. Um, but even, so that's then the answer I came up with that. I guess it, I want to put to you is, is are there are there times not to to in a sense do that, and that's what I'm trying to think through. Is mm-hmm. so you you can always offer grace in some way, but sometimes you don't give the person the logbook or whatever the equivalent would be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the for me the situation like that keeps coming up is like if if something's not safe. Um, okay. or if there's like a boundary that would be broken, um, type of, mm. um, yeah. And that's part of that is that I have a, a history of a scenario where I was emotionally manipulated and okay. abused. And so for me, like the boundaries are very important. And so like, if I know, um, and that's one of those things, like I can forgive somebody 70 times, seven times, but I might put a boundary there right. that makes the relationship look different. Um, and I just remember like one, one example that helped me really understand this was somebody was saying there was a friend of theirs who kept asking for a loan pretty much like, Hey, like I, I need help paying this bill. Can you like, can you lend it to me now? I'll pay you back. Yeah. And the friend realized that he was never actually getting paid back. Right. And so how he approached the, his friend was like, look, like I'm, I'm forgiving you all the stuff you haven't owed me the next time that you are in need of assistance or something like that. And like what I want you to do is I want you to let me know, but then I will decide whether or not I want to just give it to you. Mm. Um, like I'm not going to treat it as a loan anymore. It's going to be a, like, do I feel like God is prompting me to provide for you in this way type of thing? Yeah. Um, and help them out that way. Um, and so for me, like some, something like that, like it's, we can keep forgiving, but it doesn't mean we keep letting them like do the same offense in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like we can, we can also build boundaries on our side too. Hmm. Yeah. That calls to mind. I did have a roommate who spiraled into a depression when I was single mm-hmm. and, um, and he lost his job and wasn't giving me his portion of the rent, which wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a huge amount of money. And I talked to him about it and in the end, I, I, I forgave all the back rent, but I, I also kicked him out, mm-hmm. you know, because he wasn't at some point just giving to him wasn't helping him out of his situation. He was yeah. still kind of in this funk and depression and he actually had to leave. He went back to um, 
family members and I think he lived with them. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. what, I don't know how it went from there in his life. Um, but I did have to cut a boundary at some point. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good example of the, the concept. And I, th- I know I've quoted this several times. Freely you have received, freely give. And that that's a, maybe a synopsis of what I want to say. In our relationships, we have freely received more mm-hmm. than we could ever deserve. So let's have a, a general attitude yeah. that we freely give. Whether it's our stuff, whether it's our forgiveness, whether it's our openness to a relationship. Mm-hmm. With wisdom is the only right. thing, you know, knowing that sometimes giving could yeah. actually do damage. And, but I think having that hard attitude of freely I've received, freely give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and at some point, loving someone well and freely does look like putting some of those boundaries in place. Yeah. Because um, sometimes like some, especially if somebody is a, um, uh, they do more of the flight response okay. um, to a conflict, right? It would be easier for them to just continue to give and give and give Yeah. than it would be for them to actually stand up and say, no, like you, like we need to figure out how to get you back on track. Right. So. Yeah. Sometimes you're right. Taking a harder stance. Yeah. Um, but doing that even within a sense of grace. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay. Um, so I have another question. Uh, so you, you kind of close out with this idea of, um, the idea of like how now at first we start off when we approach conflicts or we approach that trigger point and Uh it's the, I should, and then Mm -hmm. it turns into, and I can, because we have the gospel behind us. And then it turns into a, I want to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what I'd like to almost talk about is what does a, like, what does it look like or what might it look like if we were in the I want to phase of things? Hmm. Well, and let me first say to get there, at least for me, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I got to be first convinced that I can yeah. forgive or I can do this. Especially as one whose who's natural tendency is to just avoid conflict. It's like, no, I can talk to them. Or I can take this step. Um, and then I get to, I should. And then I'm, that's actually the hardest part. Because I'm like, oh, then you know you should, but you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I think, like, I can even think of a recent thing I can't speak about so much. but But then I remember... It's like I re- I had the sense if I if I do it I will feel free mm. and I took that step mm-hmm. and it felt free like okay I it it may not have actually rebuilt the relationship but I know that I laid down the the thing I was holding on to mm-hmm. and I took a step towards them and um was ready for them to take a step towards me. Mm. And so it, it was just freeing, you know, it, like, cause it had been weighing on my mind Yep. and then it, it's off my mind. 
I'm not sure that was what you're asking, was it? No, yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or just at least the, the fact that it is a... I liked how you said, like, it does take time sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, at some point maybe if... The more we become like Jesus, the more... The less time we spend in the I should and I can, and the more right. time we spend in the I want to. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is... Okay, this is way out there, but just saying this, like... I wonder with Jesus, it was in, if you take this cup from me, mm. you know, and when, it, when he finally got the answer, was there even a sense of relief? Mm. Like, okay, father. And all right, let's do it then. You know, up, yeah. up until that point, there's that, I should do this. Yep. And then, you know, so would even the son of God have some of these same thoughts, um, Anyways, that's no, yeah, that's. I mean, I've that, heard that's off the cuff. So if I'm I'm way out there, I don't, let me know. I don't think so. <laughs> I've heard of people relate the Garden of Gethsemane scene into like make it similar to like a sort of a panic attack of okay. like you know the reality of what Jesus was being asked to do, catching yeah. up to him. And so I could see it like that whole garden scene. You know, yeah. the first time, the first time he asked like, "If you can remove this cup from me, is it? I should do it, yeah. right?" And then the second time is the like, "Okay, like if." Like I can, I can do this if you want me to. And yeah. then the third one is the okay. Like I, if this is what you want, then I want it too, and I'll do it. So there you go. I think that makes sense. Well said. Um, cool. And I think so. I think for me, something else I was thinking of too is I had a friend who studied the book of Philemon, which um, for those who don't mm. know, it's the story of um, it's Paul writing a letter about. I mean, the, I think the slave's name was Omysius, Onesimus. Onesimus. There we go. Um, and so Paul is sending this slave Onesimus with a letter to a friend of Paul's who was Philemon. Mm-hmm. And the story is that the slave Onesimus stole from Philemon and ran away. And then after he ran away, he met Paul and became a follower of Jesus. And they're mm-hmm. trying to make amends. And Paul's entire letter to Philemon is a, like, take forgive forgive this brother, take him back. And if even more so, not only just take him back, but also then like release him as a slave so that he could work for the gospel type of thing. Yeah. Um, and my friend, when he was studying it was like, what would have like, I think what, what would have been the ultimate like sign of forgiveness would have been if Onesimus, 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 uh, showed up with Paul's letter and Philemon had already forgiven him. Yeah. And so like, for me, like that, that reminds me, that idea reminds me of Jesus, like dying for our sins before mm. we, like, before we ask for forgiveness from him. Yeah. Um, and like that to me, that's like the ultimate goal or example of the, like, I want to, like, I want to take the higher ground so much so that I'm going to just do it. Even if I probably will never see that person again, so that, like, when I see them, I'll be ready. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what you talked about in your example um, with those uh, couple of punk middle school students yeah. at the lock-in of the, like, if I ever saw them again, I knew I would be ready. Um, mm-hmm. And But I needed an intervention by God to do it. Yes. <laughs> I needed, whether it was Michael W. Smith's song... Um, did you know that one, by the way? I didn't know. Okay. Oh, that was like my favorite Christian song back at that stage. And, um, but, uh, Secret Ambition, Michael W. Smith, listen to it on YouTube. Yeah. Actually, you could seriously go to the, it's like the eight, they have a video, you know, 
I I always oh, I forgot I was going to bring this out. So not only do you have if you don't have YouTube, oh, if anyone man. wants to borrow the VHS tape, I have that video because I used to show it a few times. So That's um, fantastic. But yeah, that and I mean there's the whole revelation because I really was a punk kid in middle school. I, I when I think about my young life leader, mm-hmm. and I don't think I realized. No, I didn't realize at the time, but I was I was I was very annoying to him. I'm sure, <laughs> and he he kept including me and kept you know spending time overlooking my mm-hmm. my ways in which I was working against him at times. How I was a punk kid and and kept sharing the gospel with me. And I'm like, if it's not so one is it was Jesus, but two is is other servants that I've experienced mm-hmm. grace from. That just empowers you to to I can do this for others. Mm-hmm. And when it catches, it doesn't always. Sometimes yeah. it's a gift that's thrown away. But if it's received then you've won your brother back. Like mm-hmm. what, how, how, how much, how much greater is that when it happens? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think I liked how you threw in the, or added the fact of the, like when others show us grace too, like, uh-huh. like when, like obviously Jesus shows us the ultimate grace, but when right. others show us grace too, it makes Jesus's grace more tangible. Yeah. And that's why, like sometimes it's helpful to be able to work through things. Like I think the logbook example, he was saying how like, part of what prompted him to start asking God, like, how do you want me to approach this broken relationship was through other Christians in his life being like, this doesn't like, are you sure this is really what you want to do? Right. Um, And so like having that support system around us of people encouraging us to like, you know, I think you should take a step back and take the higher ground on this one. Um, and taking the time to figure out what that might look like in each situation. And and, I mean, in the, the story he told what I on the video, all the guy did is ask a question. Yep. Is this is this the best way to glorify God? <laughs> and that's all it took. And maybe that's, you know, if you'd have come on stronger, you should handle this differently. Mm-hmm. It may not have worked. Right. So this may help us. And how do we encourage each other in yeah. this stuff? Is just asking good questions. Yeah. Yeah. Asking good questions and just constantly reminding each other of mm. the gospel. Mm-hmm. And of just reminding each other of, like, the grace that we've already been given for the sins that we've done and keeping with repentance so we keep ourselves real. And, yeah. Yeah, because I, I know that I've had, similar to with your students, I've had students in college that I've, some of my student leaders, where they'll come with a very strong point and I'll be like, ah. And then I'm like, wait a minute, like, Eight years ago, when I was in their shoes, I said the same exact thing. Like, okay, <laughs> okay. right, <laughs> back it up here. Yeah. yeah, I I once had a a leader. I think I was criticizing another person. He says, "Yeah, it's amazing Christ died for him, isn't it?" Like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, kind of shut down the conversation a little bit, but I I think that was his point that mm-hmm. I wouldn't be gossiping or griping about someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's all the questions I had. So unless you have another one. We have a little bit more time. Yeah. 
Um, I'm looking back to see... Well, the only other thing I really felt helped me was the chart. Yeah. And I wondered how people responded to that. Can, do you have any thoughts on on this chart? And, yeah. And how that could play. And again, it was partially spurred by you who said, <laughs> how do you do this practically? Yeah. Because the way grace plays out in different situations it's it's you know it starts with what's inside right what's your reaction to this yeah i think for me thank you i think for me it was just helpful like again just you know the more examples that we get the more okay. it's easier to like be like oh wait i've seen this before i i at least have an idea of how to respond and so just like you know some of the some of the things and some some of these aren't even what i appreciate too is like the first one like when i'm fearful of the future that definitely is something that sparks conflict a lot. Right. But we don't even think of that being the reason why it's sparking conflict. A lot of times it's just the, like, no, like, this way is clearly better. And you're not mm-hmm. listening to my, like, my point of view and how I think things should work. Um, I think that's actually, the, that first one is the most common spur of conflict. Yeah. Is that people are afraid of something, even if it's afraid of losing control or a you know, fear of something and being able afraid to, of change, afraid of change and remembering that God is the provider. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what it means in a sense to give over that issue is, you know, God will take care of this. Even if we're going in a direction where I'm fearful of it, I can trust that God's going to work through this. Yeah. And, um, was there one of those that you think plays out the most in conflict? Hmm. I think, I think for me, I guess the most obvious conflict is usually like the whole when someone wrongs me type okay. of thing. Um, like that, that's like the obvious answer, but I, I think all of them, um, I mean, even the, like I've fallen into sin, like trying to, trying to make excuses, especially when our sin affects others. Yeah. Like if it's a, if it's a sin that's kind of hidden inside ourselves, like sometimes that can come out, um, just because we're doing, putting too much work trying to hide it. And then that can cause us to, you know, get emotional or angry or lash out at someone else type of thing. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times, like if there's a sin that influences or impacts our relationships, um, you know, we can try to especially find blame be like well it's not actually my issue it's like your issue so how does the gospel speak to that then yeah i think i think just reminding us that we need repentance like we need to repent Mm. and we need to seek forgiveness both from god and from those we've harmed um Mm -hmm. and i think that 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 just constant reminder of like part of the constant reminder of the gospel is also the constant reminder that we're like we're still broken people. Yeah. Um, it's not like we asked Jesus in and we're completely fixed and everything's a-okay. We're completely forgiven, but that doesn't mean that we don't still need to constantly be taking stuff to God yeah. and getting it fixed or, or letting him speak into our lives so that we can work towards yeah. fixing it. And I think it's, it's even this word, God delights to forgive. Mm-hmm. If you could just remember that, he wants to forgive us. Yeah. He's not looking for reasons. Right. He's not looking for reasons. He wants to have that. He wants the the right relationship, which means that we need to go to him with our debts and ask our relational debts to him through sin and ask for that forgiveness. 
We, I used to talk a lot about, like, God is not the cosmic cop in the sky <laughs> looking to smite those who do wrong. You know, he's actually much, I mean, the classic thing, he's the hound of heaven pursuing after the lost people. Mm. But he's he's ready to forgive. Um, but it, but you're right about the word repentance. It's got it. We, there's got to be that shift mm-hmm. to where we're willing to, to quit hiding and minimizing or shifting blame. Yeah. And when we can realize he's quick to forgive, it can change everything in our attitude. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And that's the whole, that's why I titled, well, they, they titled the chart, The Gospel Changes Everything. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I thought that it was definitely helpful even just to, to get, you know, get the thoughts started of mm-hmm. how to, like, put one and two together and what, what could be behind um, like if we're lashing out at someone or if, you know, if pride is getting in the way, what could be behind those things? Okay. So then I'll, I'll, so I have a question maybe okay. to close. Yep. What, what do we need to get to? Like what aspects of this? I kind of know where the series is going, but do you mm-hmm. have any thoughts of, I, I really need to hear more about this part, this aspect? Yeah. Um, My, I want to go with like the default of the like throw as many examples at us as you can, but that's not <laughs> that what you're asking. Um, yeah, I I think I think that the I guess the gospel for me is definitely the foundation, and okay. just like getting getting to more specifics of like different types of scenarios. Like I don't know. Um, I'm trying to remember what your four points were last week to kind of get an idea of where exactly we're going. So um, that's a good, uh, maybe I'll just help you out. Yeah. <laughs> so the next step is, is getting real about yourself. So that would be and repentance. so in a sense, what do we do internally? Um, um, be, you know, in the midst of conflict, the, the second one is gently engage others. How do we actually approach mm. someone? You know, what are the ideas when we do have to have that conversation? Yeah. What does that look like? Um, the last is get together on lasting solutions. Mm. Um, one part of that is what does forgiveness mean? Or what does it mean to make an apology? Mm. And so those are some of the things that come up in the next few sessions. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think, okay, so then I think I think we're heading in the right direction then because like, some of those things we've already kind of briefly mentioned, like the, you know, how you pointed out before of the, uh, if for the logbook one, like if he had, if the friend had pointedly said to the speaker, like, I think you're doing this wrong, it might not have worked, but instead asking it as a question, that sounds like, you know, how do we do it gently? And uh, the internal stuff that's next Sunday sounds like, you know, Mm -hmm. how do do we sit with God and work through repentance and, figure out what part of it is our debt um, and not just focusing on the other person's debt. Yeah. And so I think, I think a lot of it is just the like ha- getting more specific on the practicalities of what, what might this look like? Well, that's where we're headed. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we're headed. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So I guess we will then wrap up there and looking forward to heading where we're headed. And uh... All right. Looking forward to the next set of questions. Yeah. All right. Thanks Jess. Yep.